Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The first time I ever did stand-up comedy, I was in Las Vegas. I just moved there, and I moved there with the sole intent of doing stand-up comedy. Like, I'm moving to Vegas. I'm going to do stand-up comedy. This is my life. This is this is my life <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, here we go. And the funny thing was, I didn't want to put too much pressure on myself, so anybody that asked me that I didn't know really well, I just told them, I'm like, I'm moving to Vegas to meet a nice girl and settle down. Because <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Funny enough, That's I where met a lot my of wife. nice girls are. Well, I know, but I met my <laughs> wife and we got married. So actually, that joke ended up being true, but like That's good. five, six years later. So I go down there and I'm like, all right, I got to do stand up. And they have, this is around the time that they're doing the last comic standing okay. thing on television. Yep, yep, yep. So they do last comic standing live from the Suncoast Casino in Vegas. So it's basically a locals contest yeah. for stand up comedy. Okay. And so I've got like my routine all figured out in my head. And I know like every word inside and out. Like I've practiced it a thousand <laughs> times, ready to go. We get out to the place, and I'm sitting there watching every other comic go up. And you can tell some people are doing it for the first time. Some people are doing it for the 500th time. <laughs> and I'm just kind of watching everybody. And what's happening is every time somebody goes up and does a set, the room gets a little bit emptier. Nobody brought anybody to watch him <laughs> for this set. It's they just, just, like there's a, less people. It's a table of judges and then a bunch of other comics waiting for their turn. That's the entire crowd. So I'm like, this might not be the best place to do it. <laughs> But then I quickly realized, like, I've got every word figured out. I have no idea what I'm going to do with the microphone <laughs> or my hands. So I'm looking Very at, Will Ferrell. Yeah, very, 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 very Will Ferrell, right? <laughs> so I'm watching everybody, hand? and some guys will hold on to the mic stand, and they're leaning with it, and other people will, you know, tear it right off the mic stand, set it down, never use it. Some people are using the mic as a prop, the mic stand as a prop. I hadn't thought about any of this. <laughs> and so I'm waiting in the wings, and... My hands go completely numb. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, good. Now I, first, I don't know what to do with them. Now I don't know now where I to can't put them. Feel so them. Th now my hands are numb. And I'm like, I'm going to drop the microphone. I don't know what's going to happen. So I hadn't been nervous the whole time. I had like this whole thing. And I wrote like three or four jokes while I was waiting about the room empty. Like, <laughs> it was just my observation. I'm like, my first joke was raise your hand if your number is higher than 69, <laughs> which wasn't my number, but it's funny. But yeah, for no, this I purpose. got you. And so, and nobody raised their hand. The judges all turned around and they laughed. And that's all I was trying to do to get the judges to laugh. That's awesome. But 
the moment before I walked out of the stage, I'm like, what do I do with my hands? <laughs> what am I going to do? I can't feel them now. And I walk out there and I grab the mic stand with one hand and I grab the mic with the other, pull it off. I set it back and never thought of it again. And I felt perfectly comfortable when I started doing it. But before I actually got started, it's just yeah, panic. No, no idea what I'm going to do. So now... It's, any chance I get yeah. to hold a microphone that is especially like these that are stage style, I hold the we're microphone. Holding it. It's just we're, what we're, I do. Okay. Just I what I do. That. So that's how I am doing it. I, I'm All right. Teach your own. That story, a precursor to the second episode of the How To Podcast uh, with Luke and Ben. I'm Luke Anderson. I am going to be very uh, dumb in this conversation, which is perfect because... I am a dumb homeowner, so for the purpose of this episode, that is perfect. Uh, who are you, sir? I'm Ben Abbey. I am the owner of Box Painting LLC uh, out of Salem, Oregon, and uh, I hold a general contractor's license, and I'm here to talk about how to hire a contractor today. And that is today's episode, how to hire a contractor. Uh, so, Ben, let's start with uh, the simple formatics. You buy a home, something breaks. Yeah. Get out your yellow pages. I mean, certainly that. I mean, you you could go back to you know our grandfathers, grandmothers, and the way that they did things, right? Ooh, and, I like and the history lesson. You can go through and say, okay, well, here's my house. This is how this works. But do you really have all the tools, all the things that are going to be necessary to accomplish the task, or is it easier for you to just contract it out? Well, that's one of the big questions with this whole thing is where where is your comfort level? Because I think when you first buy a home, I lived in apartments for a long time. My sure. wife and I moved eight times in the first six years we were married. Mm-hmm. So apartments, condos, uh, mostly small places. But I grew up in a house. I grew up on a dairy farm, and mm-hmm. my dad was always good with cars, and he basically did everything himself. Hand, hand, using his hands all the time. Yeah, the house we grew up in was built in. Something was always broken, so we were always fixing something. But I've always felt that I was handy. But now that I own my own home, I basically leave it at, if I can't do it with tools that I have... It needs to be done by somebody else. Then I don't need to do it. That's (laughs) that's the rule that I make. But that should be step one, I guess, is figuring out what your threshold is. If you can hang a picture... Absolutely. Great. If you can't, maybe call somebody. Call somebody. There's, you know, and that's the thing, too, is there's, there's these, there's levels of contracting, right? Every state is going to have their guidelines for how those licenses come out and things like that and the insurance that is required. And we can talk about the, the, those easy steps that you need to do as a homeowner for the due diligence part. But what you need to understand is the verbiage that is going into the bids, the person that's saying them, and, and how that affects you in a way that every... Every job, every job comes down to timing, budget, trust. That's the end. If, if I meet your timing and your budget and you trust me, we're going to do business. Okay. Okay. That's, it's just how it goes. That makes sense. And, Perfect. and to get to that point, what will happen is there's a conversation. And an example is, is when I'm walking around a house and I'm doing these pain estimates, I'm feeling them out just like they're feeling me out. We want to see, are we going to, are we going to be able to work together on this is, is the question. How often do you walk around a house with somebody and just go, I know that you want to work with me. I'm good. See I would say for me, it, it happens less now. 
less now because I can kind of almost weed some of those out on, over the phone. Okay. And, and I can give them guidance to go find somebody that I think will be a better fit for them. And I've done that even yesterday where I will pass work off and just say, nope, this one's not for me, but here's who you could call. And the things that you're looking for, you know, when, when you're walking around with a home with, with, with a contractor, first off, you know, I mean, we can go into, are they licensed? Do they present themselves? Does, does the presentation of what they're bringing match what the, what the reviews online have and, and the, whatever that persona is. Let's talk about that real quick before we get too far. Cause that's usually the starting point, right? Mm-hmm. In 2021, people go on to Google and that's sure. where they start with things. It's the first, it's the first step every but, time. But there's also Angie's list and referrals, uh, word of mouth. Yeah. But there's, there, so there's a million different ways to go to it. Why is it so important to make sure uh, for you as a business owner that all of those elements match and and how often do you see it where and i don't know how often you use contractors but i do a lot of times if those don't match what where's the red flags for you sure you know i i think red flags for me are are always going to be and and it's superficial but it's appearance based first does this match what i'm expecting and stuff and an example, right, is... Are I, there any red flags with the online stuff? Absolutely, absolutely. So even before you meet Even somebody. before you meet somebody. If you're getting red flags where an example of, of a red flag for me would be somebody mentioning that in an, in an online review, there were a lot of add-ons at the end mm-hmm. that I wasn't expecting. That's a massive red flag. And what that red flag means is that their bid writing isn't isn't accurate enough to set an expectation for both parties of what's going to be done, how it's going to be done, and what that finished product looks like. The way that I write my bids, if you look at them, it is extremely chronological. This is how we're going to paint your house, where it starts and where it ends. And the expectation at the end is, if we meet satisfactory, substantial requirements, we get paid. Yeah. And, and you get to warranty and we're walking away both happy. How do you predict the, what, what do they call them? The remodel shows on HGTV moments where somebody mm. goes to, you know, we have a little rotting wood around the trim. Mm. How do you account for we cut into there and the whole place is infested with termites sure. or whatever the whore, whatever happens before at the, the end of the short. commercial break yeah. before you go into what actually happens? Yeah. I, I, so the first thing is, when I'm walking around a house and I identify an area of concern, dry rot, water damage, whatever that is, the first thing I'm going to do is say, I can get you a bid for what I can see. Gotcha. I can get you a bid for what I can see. Cause I can look at that and say, well, that's this stick of wood that we need. That's this piece of siding that we need. I know what that cost is. And I know how long it would take a human being to get that taken care of. What I don't know is the next step what is found on discovery. And, and for those that aren't paying attention, I just put that in, in, in quotations. Yes. That's a big thing because discovery is, it's a word that is, it's a verbiage word that many contractors use found on discovery. We don't know, but the, the rule of thumb, the general rule of thumb is that if I give you a bid for painting a house at $4,000, right? $4,000, it's pretty much a standard house these days you should expect that you will have a repair cost 
depending on your how well you've maintained the home, of up to 10%. That's like a standard of, of what I would expect to see. Okay. Under 10%, and then it moves because you do run into things. There's things that we run into on homes, and it's like, oh, that's a lot more than we, we thought it was going to be, you know? And the goal there is to get that contractor. And when I say the contractor, I mean the person that wrote the bid originally back on site and say, now you can see this. Now we've got the discovery. We've discovered. We've torn out, torn out yeah. one of the walls on your home. We've discovered things. And can you, can you now account for what's, what we can expect in the next part? Yeah. Because the other side of it too is, you know, maybe we open up the wall and now the wall is attached to the floor and there's some floor rot that's also, you know, in the floor joist. Again, we get to discovery. We can't see that beyond beyond the studs. And so now we're, we're doing more discovery. But, a, but once we open it up, we can see more and more and we just... And that's where it, it's very important to make sure you have that conversation before you actually get to that discovery so it doesn't end up on your online review Absolutely. A bunch of add-ons. You know, like, and, and the best example I have is when I was uh, a younger individual, I used to be the vice president of one of those painting companies that's run by students, right? Gotcha. Where it's the student painters show up. They are, first, they're motivated. Love them. I love people that are motivated that way, but they're also unqualified to be doing <laughs> what they're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's, that's, but as a homeowner, you know that you're purchasing that. It's not like we're hiding the fact that they're college students. It's going to beauty school for it, a haircut. Exactly. Yeah. And so as the vice president, one of my roles was to handle the complaint department and the warranty department. That's not a fun job. That's not fun to be on the other end of, they mess this up. How are you going to fix it? But what you find in every single one of those conversations is that if we would have said it just this way, mm. just this one little tweak to the verbiage, this would have been saved now. Yeah. We wouldn't have angry customer leaving a review. We would have, we would have a constructive conversation with a homeowner that is concerned about their largest investment. It is at the end of the day, we need to look at homeowners as having their largest investment is their house yep. beyond their kids. Most of us, this is what we do. And so if you put it into context like that and say, okay, well, I'm, I'm about to affect somebody's largest investment. How would I want to be treated in that regard? It's a service-based industry communicate with them. If I know that I'm going to be behind on a job or something like that, I let them know. I let them know as soon as I know. And that's okay. But back to the, the red flag, the red flags, yeah. other red flags. If, if they're showing up in a vehicle that's unmarked, okay. An unmarked vehicle is weird. <laughs> it's a weird thing in 2021. Yeah. We, and if they show up in a Volkswagen bag and, and, and start pulling out, there's probably going to be some, you know, if there's, if there's like some really like generational contractors on there that ever listen to this, they're, they're gonna not like this, but if they're not sending proposals and bids via email, what, what, what you doing? What, what, <laughs> what have you been doing? Paper bids are insane. And what happens is, is there's a lot that gets lost in translation. When we do digital stuff, and we're communicating via email and text, that's a paper trail. Yeah. We, we, we have clear expectations and then we have something to go back to. So I, I think that those couple of things right there, right off the bat, those concern me. If they're showing up in an unmarked vehicle 
without without licensing because any state requires that they're going to if they're doing work they have to show that license gotcha that's it's it's state requirements um i think other things that i look for in the due diligence part you can go to angie's list and you can go do the home advisor those exist they're neat for filtering you to a contractor just know that a lot of times those contractors, there's a reason they need a service. And those are get, paid services. They're paid services. Yeah. But there's a reason they need that paid service. It's because they're not good at sourcing their own leads. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean they're a bad contractor. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But it's what a different I, skill set. It's a different skill yeah. set. From that side of it, though, the question becomes, well, if they're not good at that, what else might not they be good at? That's how I approach it. So those are, those are some of the things I'm looking for is if I'm going through Angie's list, you can find great contractors and you're going to have success. I believe there are excellent contractors that exist in those spheres of lead generation. But in doing your own due diligence, you can't, Angie's list can't be your stopgap from you doing what you should do as a homeowner. Again, it's also your largest investment. We understand it's your largest investment, but if you're not treating it as such, Who's, gotcha. who's to blame here? Yeah. So doing those, those little background checks, you know, remember that I'm part of the better business bureau, remember that's a paid service. Also. Sure. I pay, I pay as a, as an owner of a company, I think it's like 50 some odd bucks a week or a month to have them put my name and say that I'm an accredited business. There's nothing really accredited there. They've done the, they make sure I have a license and they make sure I have insurance Beyond that, just so you can be it, found. It's just so you can be found. Yeah. There, so when we when I have customers come to me, or you hear those horror stories of, oh, I'm going to go to the Better Business Bureau if this happens. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> there's no real punishment there, for that. There's not, unfortunately. Yeah. It's you, you know, I, I mean, it's unfortunate that it got to that point that that they had to say that, but really, it's a drop in the bucket and it's a, it's a place for you to go complain, but there might not be a, there's, there's nothing that the better business bureau is. There's not some person that's going to come out to your house from the better business bureau and say, you're right. They did this wrong. They don't know. <laughs> so it's like a complaint to the NC2A where it's like, yeah. Oh, these guys are cheating to get their players. Yeah, we know. Yeah, we know. We, we, know. we I mean, yeah. we, they're under investigation. <laughs> <laughs> they did their own investigation. Yeah, they did their they own investigation. With, exactly. Yeah. And they, so, they reported to us. It was great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they told us that, guess what? They're not playoff eligible for two years. <laughs> Everything And that's is good. how it goes though, right? That's, sure. So, you know, that those are some of the things I'm looking for. Sure. Um, when we get into uh, licensing and state agencies, yeah. I think one of the bigger things is... Uh, there are clients that need to go to the CCB uh, and, and that's in, in Oregon construction contractors board. Every state has their own state agency that, that is the oversight. Sure. Um, I think there's a couple of things to understand on the CCB and, and other agencies like that. Remember that those are state paid agencies and meaning that they're, they're they, Those are voter paid tax dollars. So they are advocating for the homeowners not advocating for contractors. Okay. And that's a, that, that can be a relatively good thing. The struggle becomes in the mediation because when we go through mediation on, on those levels, what we find is that both parties, 
they don't want to go to a small claims court. And, and this is if something goes awry. Totally right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where where better to go to the CCB than the Better Business Bureau because there's actually something there. There's something that they can do about sure. it. Just Absolutely. Make sure that's clear. Absolutely. And when it comes to those ideas of getting to that point where it's elevated and escalated to the point where we're we're having consternation is the word maybe to use it it is a struggle because both parties have a side the individual that's mediating this engagement doesn't really know the backstory to either they just know where we are now and so the goal in that is for both parties to walk away with the pluses and minuses um and an understanding of what's going to happen completing the work because normally when we get to ccb complaints it's unfinished work yeah and it's who's going to be allowed to do it so um yeah okay so i'm the homeowner Mm -hmm. i've got a project i've I've decided that i cannot do it by myself sure i'm going to go and hire somebody i'm looking at price Mm -hmm. i'm looking at availability i'm looking for trust trust that's what we decided And, and, and and you know when we talk trust it's likability Right. Sure. It, it's, it's the likability of does this person jive with my vibe? That's all it is. It's true. And and as that is happening, your goal as the homeowner, I think, is figuring out, could I sit down and have a drink with this individual? I think that's a great rule of thumb. Whether it's an iced tea or a long yeah, or, 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 or yeah, yeah, whatever the drink is. But could I engage yeah. with this individual? And if the answer is no that should be a red flag for you, the homeowner that says, well, let's see what the next guy has. Yeah. The next person. How many bids should I get? If you, if you were going to recommend. So even if sure. I've already talked to you, yep. how many other painting bids should I get? The first thing I'm going to say is, you know, even if you've worked with contractors before and you have your favorite, get more bids. Get more bids. You okay. don't. And, and my best example is this. I'm a painting contractor that holds a general contractor's license. I have done remodel work underneath my licensing. I've done deck rebuilds and all those fun things. The way I do it though, is I will only do those types of projects for a homeowner that I've worked with before. Okay. That's it. It's, and it's because I want them to know and understand how it is I operate first before we go delving into something that's not just keeping paint inside the lines. Yeah. Cause that's a much, much, it's a project. much, it's a much more, and it's a more, a larger commitment for them. Sure. There's no doubt about it. So, um, when we get into, sorry, the question, how, how many, how many, how many bids? Thank you. How many bids? I think the minimum is three. Okay. Minimum is three. However, if you're and, and when we're looking at three, there's things that you're looking for in that there's congruency. So you're trying to compare apples to apples. Mm-hmm. That's that in, in, in that bid writing, every, every contractor has a way that they're going to write their bids. It's and. Some get real ambiguous and some get overly detailed. The goal is, is it in layman's terms? Do I understand? Do you understand what is about to happen? And if you do not, can you ask that question and get a layman's term response in email, like in writing that says, because if it's over the phone, that yeah. conversation might not have happened when when push comes to shove down the road. When you're talking to the CCB. When you're talking to the CCB. Sure. So can you get those layman's terms in writing? Um, and then the last thing is the price. Most of the time, most of the time, bids should all be within about 10% of each other. 
That's okay. that's a good rule of thumb because everybody's overhead is a little bit different. And if you're hiring, and when I say that, I think I need to under, make that clear. If you are hiring a the owner and the operator, they are the person that is physically performing the work while also writing the bids. You should expect that price point to come lower than a person like myself, who is the owner of the business, does not perform paint at all, ever anymore. Stop that, because <laughs> I wanted to be the owner. Yep. Because there now there's this gap of people that are, are facilitating that for me, right? Yep. So you should expect that price to be a little bit more. And as it creeps up, are we getting out of the budget or are we staying within my budget lines? Yep. Um, if you're getting bids where... You say it's a $4,000 paint job and you've got one bid that's 4,000, one bid that's 3,000 and one bid that's 5,000 plus. 100% honest, I'm going to probably get a fourth or fifth bid. Gotcha. I want them to be a little, I want to know who's who's high and who's low here. Yeah. And then and then go to the likability stuff. And there's the element of comparing materials and all mm -hmm. of that because there's the recommendations, obviously different paint finishes, different decking materials, well, all of that. But that's where you're trying to get it to apples to apples. Trying to get it apples to apples and understand that every contractor, whether they're paint, general contractor, siding, whatever that is, they have their preferences. They're going to come with their own bias on what they like. Mm. So... When we talk about what they like, understand that what you want to see in that bid writing is clearly what it is will be used. And an example is this. A lot of paint contractors will write things like, we'll use high-grade Sherwin-Williams paint. What the does that mean? <laughs> high-grade? That's not a real thing. Uh, that's not a yeah, real yeah, trick. They're all high grade. Yeah. If they're not, they shouldn't be sold. Yeah, you're <laughs> so, making it your barn. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I want to see what is the grade of paint. An example is I want to see super paint. I want to see the word super paint, resilience, emerald, whatever those words are. When you know what all of those are, but if I type it, I should be able to type, type it, it into in. Google and it shows the exact Absolutely. color and the exact. Yeah. And even beyond that, in the walk around with that homeowner, the things that I'm I'm talking about, I'm talking about the fact that I'm going to use resilience paint. Mm. Like I name it in every walk around that, that this is what you can expect to see. And then what you do as the homeowner is you've done the walk around with this individual. And if you're a homeowner that doesn't do walk arounds with your contractors, that's crazy to me. That's <laughs> insane. I can't, I can't help you pick a contractor if you're not willing to take the, the 15 minutes that they need to just get, a, yeah. get an eye on it. So if when I'm talking about that paint stuff, right? I'm talking about the things that they're also going to expect to see in the verbiage of the bid, right? Yeah. How the warranty is going to be written, how, how the, uh, the paint upgrade is written. If you opt to go with this paint upgrade, I'm going to give you an extra five years of guarantee. If that doesn't match up from what was said to what was written, red flag. Yeah. Red flag. Now, Mind you, mistakes can happen, right? We're all human. Maybe I missed that part of the bid when I was writing it out, like when I was doing the walk around with you. I got my house painted. I had to switch from uh, sunshine yellow to like sunflower yellow mm -hmm. because it didn't come in the exterior. exterior oh, man, yeah. I was pissed. Yep. No, no well, no, but, yeah, but, but little things like that. In the but walk around, that's, walk that's a compliment because mm -hmm. I had picked out, I had previously picked out. you wouldn't know out, that. Yeah. But that, but those are the little things you appreciate because you don't know what you don't know. Absolutely. And if somebody doesn't educate you on that, then you're going to have a total miss. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then the other things that I'm looking for in the bid 
are the areas of, that are that are covered, mm-hmm. right? When we're talking about a home, it's not as hard to describe in writing, in technical writing, the left side of a house. <laughs> like, meaning that yeah. if maybe you're only doing the left side of the house, you should be able to describe what what is going on. And so for me, and the way that I operate box painting, the, the piece of documentation that the homeowner gets, that proposal, it is color-coded. Each section has a certain color, so it's very easy to read. And then the other thing that I do is that same piece of documentation that you sign is the same documentation that goes to the, to the people that are going to perform that job. Gotcha. So that there is no, no ambiguity that we're, it's not what Ben said. It's, this is what was in the writing. You both saw it. Here yeah. we go. So I, th- I think this may be the last question, but if there's more that we're missing, let me know. But the, f- the final thing is, so you get, you get somebody you trust. Mm-hmm. You get everything in writing. Everything. <laughs> everything. everything. In, even, la- in layman's terms, even writing. Even if you too. like the guy mm-hmm. and you, you're like, I'll just pick up the phone and call him. He's a great guy. Probably send that email so that you have it in writing. Absolutely. Or, or even request, go, hey, can you send me this in email so that I have it? Absolutely. And if they say no. It's a red flag. Big red flag. Big um, red flag. So... You're looking at the different prices. You're looking at the different products in these bids. What are the absolute, if, if somebody offers you, I can do this without a permit. I can do this without, sure. I can save you by doing, doing X. X. What, yes. What are those red flags? Because those are the ones sure. that are always like, dude, I can Under the table work. Yeah. It's, just, just flat out. Just, we call, I call it under the table work. Side jobs, right? where individual shows up and and generally speaking, when that individual shows up, that's, that's doing under the table, unlicensed work, the things that they're also going to have is they're normally, they're normally not going to be wearing anything that would mark them as an individual that's working for a company. Mm. Normally it's a, it's painter clothes, you know, it's, or, or, or contractors clothes. It's the, the jeans or, you know, whatever. And, and just a white shirt and that's it, you know? That's a red flag because any company that's promoting themselves is going to have their employees promoting that idea too. Sure. So, um, and then as we look at when they approach you, normally I think it's a very uncomfortable conversation personally when, when an individual comes to you and says, well, yeah, you know, um, so you got other bids, huh? Do you mind me asking what, what those other bids came in at? You don't have to disclose a damn thing. First sure. off, you don't have to give in any, any information. Make them commit to a number before you give information. The inform think of the the bids that you've gotten is power, right? Information sure. is power. You've got power here. They don't need to know that at all. There's nothing. And and the reason they're asking, the reason they're asking is because they want to see how much they can milk you for. That's what they're after. Yeah. What they're trying to find your budget in a different way than the reputable contractor who's coming at you with the layman's terms, the, the, the signed agreements, the, the CCB licensing and all those other and the insurance and the bond, right? Coming at you with those things and in a full disclosure way, here we are. The other person is not going to do that. Um, and a lot of times, you know, is it unfortunate that we can't do business based on, on, on a good handshake and, and I'll see you soon? It's unfortunate, but it's also the world we live in. And these things, you know, are here to protect you, the homeowner and the contractor from, from having exposed liability 
yeah. long term in, in what they're doing. When you mentioned earlier the the difference between between a contractor that does their own work mm-hmm. and a contractor like yourself who has that layer. separation, yep. yeah, the layer of separation. One of the things that you're paying for is in in all of these things when you're paying outside of the under the table business is you're paying for in case something goes wrong. Sure. And if somebody comes over and paints the house and it's a little outside of the lines and I call up the guy that did that painting, now you have to deal with the personality. And if mm-hmm. it's somebody that you liked, you just hired somebody that you really liked. Sure. Do you really want to tell them that this is a little bit off? If you hired somebody that you like and somebody else came over and didn't fulfill his promise, I don't think you have that trouble. Absolutely. Of going, Ben, listen, your guy came over came here. over and it didn't match what was going on. Yeah. You know, no, I totally agree with that. And you know, we go back to the concept of setting expectations, right? Um, as you're walking around, my personal favorite, my, my favorite homeowner is the one that comes out of their door with a list. They've already <laughs> got their list of questions. That's my wife. And, and I'm ready for it. Yeah. Because at the very least, what you know that you're working with is a person that's going to do their due diligence and cares enough about what's about to happen to make and take time for it. Um, I struggle often with the homeowners that unfortunately I knock on the door and don't get me wrong. I can give them a paint. I can, I can go measure this house and you don't have to walk around, but it's the engagement part that we're after. That's where we find out. Can we work together? You know? And so I've gotten to the point in business where if I get a homeowner that calls me and says, um, I work out of town. I just need to get you. I just need you to get me a number. Can you, can you come do this bid? You know, I won't be there, but just, just, you can walk around the house. It's fine. Yeah. I honestly decline those bids. I don't have time. And, and the reason is because it, it's, it's two things from the business owner side. It's, I'm not going to be able to, to get a bead on it. And at the end of the day, the, the individual that's asking for that is most likely strictly price shopping. Yeah. They are looking for low bid, low number. And it's because they, that's all they care about. Sure. And they don't, they don't have time, their time to go walk that house. They just need to get it done. They, they just don't need, need to get, get it, it done. done well. And yeah. And I don't, you know, every contractor is going to take their own leads and do what they will with them. Um, but as a business owner, those are red flags for me to the, to the, to the customer side where I might not want to do business with you. When you only have so many jobs you can do in a summer. Absolutely. You're not paying houses in the winter, at least in Oregon. Absolutely. Or Pacific Northwest in general. And so, you know, you think about the, there's coveted spots and the way I think about it is. I, I break my clientele down into what I call the Eagle Scouts, right? The Eagle Scouts, they call me before February, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They want bids before February. They want to be first in the calendar, the Eagle Scouts. They're prepared. And when they call, their Christmas tree is no longer up. Oh, no. The, the tree is down. They, they're, re- they're, they're ready yeah, for spring yeah, and summer. Yeah. They're, you're just, you're just the, making sure that we get there quicker, yep. you know? But those are the Eagle Scouts. And then the next group is, and this is in the Pacific Northwest. Every, everywhere else might have different seasonal things. The next group is the Memorial Day group. right tree might still be up tree might still be up (laughs) and what has happened is there's normally a conversation between the the couple of the house where it's they started having a conversation in march 
they realize that, well, we might not be able to do this on our own. We need to call somebody and see if we can get into their calendar. They're not behind the eight ball, but they're on top of it. Yeah. They're, you know, they're, they're, we still have time. And then the last group is the Labor Day group. And their tree is probably still up. Oh, their up. tree's yeah. up. The yeah. tree's up. And <laughs> normally this call, this call comes from whatever member of the household is given the honeydew list. Yeah. Right. And, and don't get me wrong. When I say that, it is not always male. There are plenty of females that are cranking out honeydew lists all the time. Pinterest. I work from Pinterest all the time. Yeah. But the Labor Day group. The Labor Day group is interesting because what has happened is summer got away. Summer just ran right through them and a lot of little league, a lot, a lot of soccer a lot games, of, a lot of everything that wasn't yeah. home projects. And all of a sudden the panic has set in, right? If, if we're going to do it this Can, year, we got to do it. We got to do it now. Can you get here? And, and that group of people I get hesitant about yeah. uh, just a hundred percent honesty. I get hesitant about that group because I am a relatively prepared individual when it comes to just my calendar, my schedule, running the business working with people that aren't there, I get nervous about because now we've moved expectation. And the best example is this. Last year, the Labor Day group got screwed. Yeah. Got totally screwed. September fires, in Oregon and yeah. in, in Washington and California, yep. those fires stopped and halted all exterior production, interior and interior production. We couldn't open up windows to air it out because we're letting toxic fumes sure. in and toxic fumes out. It was insane. Yep. And so all of a sudden, the Labor Day group, they felt it. Yeah. And we get to this year now where, I, and literally yesterday I did a job walk with, with what was one of those Labor Day group folks. Uh, Steve, just so you know, if you're listening, love you. Um, <laughs> but this is, but this he was understood. Labor Day last year. This is and, Labor Day last and, year. And now here he is. It's, it's, it's almost, almost May. May. And we're able to get the job done. <laughs> yeah. And there's reasons why we had to wait till May for his specific home. Sure. It's a solid wood house, all those things. But Steve knew that was coming based on the act of God that was yeah. the fires. But know that it's not always guaranteed. In Oregon, Maybe, maybe we get those long summers where it stretches into September and early October. Maybe we get fires. Maybe we get rain. I don't know what's coming, yeah. but I would always rather be, I would rather get the bids earlier than in the summer and hold them to wait and make the decision. You're not wasting anybody's time. I, that's another thing. Just so you know, homeowners often rookie homeowners. I don't want to waste the contractor's time by having them come out here. Don't, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. The <laughs> that's con, their job. That's their job. The contractor wants to give you bids. The whole game for me is how many, how many estimates can I do in a week, a month, a year? Because if, all the numbers average out after that. If you could, if you could have everything booked by the end of March oh. or by the end, like, and be that, able to plan that. Is that the dream? Oh. Is that the dream? Oh, it'd be so good. <laughs> it'd be so good. Uh, and, you know, obviously in Oregon, we run into the weather. So, you know, the plan gets thrown to the, to the, to the wall as soon as, you know, we get to Monday morning. But uh, if I could have every job lined out March, the Eagle Scouts have called me. I'm totally happy. There's the dream. There's the dream. Yeah. The we'll dream contractor. And, yeah. We're yeah. ready to plan things. There you go. There you go. All right, so run through the checklist one more time. I think we've got it. How to hire a contractor. Absolutely. First, the, the first step is is you need to do your own vetting. Yep. Don't well, well, figure out what you want. Know, what you know want your own capabilities. And what you can do. 
figure out your capabilities and, and know where that line is. We're going, this is where I need help. Mm-hmm. Then you go online, you went through a handful of red flags that you look at on there. Absolutely. You really want to make sure that you're, you're finding at least three companies, at least three, that, which you should be able to just so you know yep, that you, that you can come out and have. And the other thing too, if I was a homeowner, I might call one of the companies that has a red flag just, just to compare, just to compare, throw a control, throw group. a controller in no. there because that's an, you're doing a scientific experiment. That's what you're doing, right? <laughs> sociological. The soci- scientific, yeah, it's yeah. a sociological scientific experiment, but by throwing somebody that you're expecting to be a red flag in, what if they don't come back as a red flag, but this other guy did. Yeah. Test your, test your own, test your own, oh, like your own theories. It's an important part, part of the process. Okay. And then you're getting three bids. Three you're, bids you're minimum. Comparing what you can apples to apples. And on that note, you can request, you can request from your contractor. Is this a comparable thing to X? Gotcha. You, don't be afraid to ask that question. In an email. In an so email. So you can get it back. It's very Absolutely. Important. Try to get everything in writing. Even if you have a phone conversation, can you email me what we just talked about? And if the contractor says no, Red, I would not even respond to them if they said no yeah. uh, after that point. And I think the other thing too on that is don't hesitate to go to the vendor itself, right? They're going to list Sherwin-Williams, Miller, Benjamin Moore Paint, or, you know, we're going to source our materials at, at this vendor, yep. you know, for building out your deck. Don't hesitate to go to the vendor and, and do your diligence there and say, what's your interaction with this individual? Do they pay their bills on time? You have every right as a consumer to ask that question. And in Oregon, we have to give out the lien notices. Like as part of it, that you are you get fully disclosed that these that the vendor can put a lien on your house if box painting doesn't pay their bills. Really? Yep. Woo. And not all states require that documentation. In Oregon, they do. Okay. We have to give it to you as a contractor. All right. So you find three prices within three prices minimum. And I want them within 10%. Within 10%. Absolutely. And then out of those people, it's, it's who do you trust? It's who you trust, who you like. Yep. Um, who you, and who, who matches the timing? For a beverage? Who would you have in for a beverage? And, and t- y- timing is one thing that we didn't really absolutely. key in on. If you love the guy and you're like, yes, I'd have you over for Christmas, but I can't wait until Christmas for this job. It's a problem. Sorry. Yeah. And, and what it is in that engagement Right. Because I think we run into these, what I would call the amiables, the expressives, right. Mm-hmm. Where they don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. The other side of that too, is understand that leaving somebody on the hook, like a contractor on the hook of, oh yeah, we're still thinking about this bid. We're still, you know, that's not a nice thing. Yeah. That's, it's okay to say no. It's, yeah. it's, you're not hurting their feelings. They get told no. Yeah. And that's okay. There was a quote I heard. I think it was from the gal that does, um, WandaVision. She's one of the Olsen twins. Sisters, oh, yeah, yeah. Right? One of the, yeah, Ashley or. She's not Ashley. I don't know. Elizabeth. Don't, okay. Yeah. Elizabeth Olsen. She had this this quote after WandaVision. She's obviously mm-hmm. become more popular, um, but she got it from her dad. No is a full sentence. Absolutely. It's a good one. I like that. It's a good one. Use I like it, that a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you going to go with me? No. No. And then, and then you don't have to explain. You yourself. don't have to explain That's anything. It. No is That's a full sentence, uh, and it's 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 respectful to contractors. Absolutely, totally respectful. Take this job and shove it. Exactly. All right. All right. <laughs> there it is. How to hire a contractor. It's a how to podcast. Uh, we'll have new episodes coming out soon. If you missed the first one, Ben. If you do not know this, I don't know how you found the podcast, but he's a TikTok star. Go back and listen to How to TikTok, and we'll have another one for you uh, next month. Absolutely, Ben. Thanks. Thanks, Luke.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 